This is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. Need help around the house? Even the handiest do-it-yourselfer needs an extra hand sometimes. Let Home Inspector David Nason help you out during the Fix It Show on WTMJ. And the Fix It Show is sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. Dayton, Dayton Kane taking the week off. I'm Libby Collins, along with David Nason. And this hour, we have an open line, and that means you can get through with any questions about your home and how to improve it or maybe some problems you're having on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. That number is 855 855- 616-1620. And David, we were talking off the air uh, here during the news about all that snow we had. <laughs> the fact right. that now it's starting to melt. Right. I know they're lamenting up north that they're not, they didn't have, they don't, don't have enough snow for all the activities, snowmobiling and everything. We had a lot of snow down here. Aww. And now yeah, it's with this, this warmer weather, the rain, the fog, the mist and everything, it's, it's melting very quickly. Well, you know, and before before we get to the thing about the melting, I just want to shout out to J&B Construction because we use them here, oh, in the, in the fall, like maybe four or five months ago, we have a flat roof over our garage, and we had them redo it because it was time, and they... We also, at the same time, contracted and said, you know what, when it snows, could you come and clear the snow off? David, like the day that snow was going on, I, I think there was there were still flurries out there. Mm-hmm. They were out there clearing it off to give us peace of mind, and because I, I won't let my husband get up there on a ladder. <laughs> sure. And, well, I tell people. I want to keep him around for a while, yeah, right? Stay off and, the roof. And, yeah, and Chris from J&B was out there, and they were so great um, taking care of it. So that helped. But, you know, there's still a lot of snow out there. A lot of people still have it on their roofs, and now it's starting to melt. And, boy, you can, get, you can run into some real problems with that. Absolutely. Uh, we've talk, we talk about ice dams all the time. You know, depending on your the re- design of your roof, might not be happening so much because of the warmer temperatures. But we are getting a lot of a lot of melting, like you're saying. So the water is coming off your roof. You really got to make sure uh, part of roof raking, which we talk about in to help eliminate ice dams, but it also allows your gutters to work so that they're not full of snow and ice. So as as the snow is melting, it can go in your gutter, down your downspout. So make sure. Your downspouts and your the extensions are attached and cleared so that all this water can can actually get away from your house. That the downspout extensions aren't aren't buried or full of snow. But also make sure that 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 if you have a sump pump discharge pipe that that's cleared as well. And and if it's going underground, you want to make sure also that it has a way to drain onto the top of the ground in case that pipe underground uh, freezes so that so that the pump doesn't go, and, and then if it's frozen underground, the, the water can back up into your basement. That's a problem. Okay, David, i got to ask you, how do I find <laughs> my sump pump drain pump? I have no idea where that is. Well, so you, most people know where the sump pump is in their basement. So go down in your basement. If you, if you don't, okay, find your sump pump. Orient yourself, okay, I'm in the front right corner of my house or 
front left, okay, that's where it is. Then you go outside and look outside on your house in that corner, whether it's in the front or the back, and then you look for that pipe. Now, sometimes people don't want the water to discharge in your backyard. They want to go in the front, but the sump pump's in the back corner of the, the basement, so that pipe is running through your floor joist all the way to the front of your house and going out the front. So usually it's in the front uh, front of your house, one of the corners, and coming out. Uh, you'll see the pipe sticking out. It's usually a an older house. It might be a galvanized pipe. In newer houses, it's a white PVC pipe sticking out of the house. Kind of a dumb question about this, okay? But as as we're melting with this snow and as the the sump pump might be working a little bit will that automatically clear especially if if your sump pump drain pipe is more on an incline so it goes down away from the house mm-hmm. will that kind of melt so you don't necessarily have to go out there and clear around it i Maybe. <laughs> so, so good question, but it, it might melt on its own. It is definitely a good idea to make sure that it's, that it's melting. So I, I tell the story every once in a while. I uh, was approached in the parking lot of a True Value hardware store out in Oconomowoc by a gentleman. He, said, he saw my car. He says, yeah, are you the, the host of the Fix-It show? And so it was right after I started hosting Took it over from Tom, and I said, "Yes, I am." And he says, I, "I'm Tom Simon. I'm the inventor of the the rain gutter or downspout um, goalpost. And so this is uh, you can buy it in local hardware stores around here. And it's this. It looks like a plastic goalpost that you stick in the ground. And what it does is it elevates your downspout extension, or you could use it for your sump pump uh, pipe extension, and it lifts it up off the ground. So you, if you have a little bit of snow or something." On the ground, you want to make sure it's it's also still has an angle, but it does lift it up off the ground so that it stays clear of mulch uh, and a little bit of snow. So it's a great product. I have one. He gave me one, and I have one place where I can use it, and it, it works very well for me. Well, David, we've got a lot of questions coming in on the WTMJ mm-hmm. Talk and Text Line. And again, if you want to get through, this is the time because David is here and the whole hour. He's going to be answering your questions at 855-616-1620. Speaking of uh, that melting, it looks like it's going to melt a little bit more today because we're going to get up to about 40 degrees. Still pretty cloud, uh, still pretty foggy out there. It's going to be a little cloudy, still a little bit of drizzle right now. 35 at WTMJ at 814. From a leaky pipe to finishing your basement, The Fix-It Show on 620 WTMJ. Dayton Kane's off this morning. I'm Libby Collins along with David Nason. David, I'm so excited we get to answer all these questions yes. coming in on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. Let's start with this one. Um, can you recommend a company to install foam insulation to a 1957 vinyl-sided home in Kenosha? Right. So most companies in the, the Milwaukee area service the, the entire metro area. So... Uh, Back when I worked uh, in restoration work, we used the company a lot for our projects. Uh, it was called Wisconsin Insulation Company. I believe they've expanded, and it's Wisconsin um, Home Services now. But I think if you still do a search for Wisconsin Insulation, you'll find uh, them. Uh, another company, if you want to look as well as S&E Insulation, they're another good company that does the foam insulation uh 
And the age of the house really doesn't matter or what siding is on the outside. You're generally doing the insulation from the interior. So I would oh, call okay. those two companies. Here's a question about water heaters. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on a hybrid water heater compared to a conventional one? I never heard of that. Right. What is it? So a hybrid a water heater is very similar to what we're seeing that's becoming more popular in the heating and cooling industry. It's is the, the water heater is working more like a heat pump. And... Um, so a conventional water heater is really either going to be natural gas or electric, one of those two options. The hybrid is more similar to the electric unit because it's it's usually not using natural gas. And the, what a heat pump does is it's it a heat pump is very similar to an air conditioner, which works with an exchange of heat. And so uh, a heat pump can can reverse its direction. I'm getting a little technical, and people like Jason Fox would be able to answer the question a little bit better than I am. But it's what it essentially does is it takes heat from the air around the unit and uses it and and uses that to heat the water. Uh, these units generally are a little larger than your typical electric or gas water heaters. They do make a little bit more noise. So they do a little. They do need a little more space. So if you're restricted on space, either in a condo, or an apartment, or a small house, it might not be an option. But um, as Jason Fox has always said from Capital Heating and Cooling, this is the way of the future for heating and cooling is is electrical and heat pump technology. Um, so they are very efficient, but but it's. Uh, it might not be the right application for everybody, every house right now. Yeah, related to that, I was talking with my son the other day, and he's got that little starter townhouse. Yep. And he said, you know, Mom, I don't have a lot of space here. I'm thinking about getting a tankless water heater. And I said, wait a minute, before you do, let me ask David <laughs> yep. what, what your thoughts on that are, because I understand they can be a little bit controversial. Well, they, they are a fair amount more expensive at least to install, because the water uh, supply, or not necessarily the water supply, but the gas supply is a larger pipe connection than what your typical water heater needs, because it's using more that a, a tankless or tankless or um, on-demand water heater hangs on the wall. That is much more like a boiler than than anything else, where it. it doesn't heat any water until the thermostat or the faucet turns on and there's a demand for water. So the the one thing that people have to understand is it's not instant hot heat. So it it does take a little bit of time, just like a regular water heater, when the water in the pipes cool off, say overnight, no, there's no demand for hot water, so the water heater just doesn't work. So there's a little bit of, of time, but once you turn that on, you'll have hot water forever. So well, that's a, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is if you if it's just coming directly from the water source, yeah. it's not like a water heater where once it's empty, yeah. you got to start There's all no over tank. again. Exactly. There's yeah. no tank to fill, so it, that's why it's an on-demand. If you have a a shower, a large shower that has multiple heads, that you spend a lot of time in that shower doing kind of a vertical whirlpool and doing that. They're great if you have a lot of people, say, in the house, a big family, 
and there are times when it's just line up at the bathroom. You know, I'm picturing um, uh, eight is enough or the Waltons. You know, with you got seven, eight kids or the Bradys. Where you had that, that many that kids. That would have been me growing up. Yeah. We had six kids and we never had a hot shower. Exactly. So <laughs> so that's great if you're doing a lot of laundry a lot of times where you need a lot of hot water. Um, so those are the, but your typical home, it it's a bigger investment for you. Yeah. And, and do they hold up? Oh, sure. Well, but yes, but they do need maintenance. Your typical water heater tank, plumbers will recommend that you drain it once a year and everything, but most people don't do that. But a, wa- a tankless, on-demand water heater, really, if you read the instructions, it should be serviced, meaning drained and cleaned and everything, once a year, just like a boiler uh, should be. All right. We are here with David Nason. We've got an open line for the entire hour, meaning you can get through on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Weather today looks like it's going to be on the cloudy side. Boy, I wish it would get sunny, don't you? Uh, A lot of fog here early and uh, mild, though. Temperatures getting up to about 40 degrees right now. Still 35 degrees at WTMJ. It's 823. Now, back to the Fix-It Show on 620 WTMJ. It's 826. Libby Collins for Dayton Kane, along with David. And David, another question on the talk and text line. They want to know, what's the name of a plumber that you recommend? The plumber I really like to recommend is Milestone Plumbing in Wauwatosa. Jesse Canizaro is the owner of the company. She has spoken... Uh, at our Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors seminars and is very popular. She really knows her stuff. She's a master plumber um, and uh, is very active in the trades as well. I know she really gives back in that community. So very good company. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, more questions. Should we get to these? How about a dimmer switch? switch? Right. They want to know, yeah, does it reduce the amount of electricity used, or is the electricity that's not going to the lights dissipated as heat, heat. at the right. switch? So uh, just just a disclaimer here. I'm not a licensed electrician, but I know maybe you know the old I know enough to be dangerous kind of thing. So electricity is very different than water. When you turn water off, it stops flowing. You never stop the flow of electricity. So... Uh, to the electricity in a circuit is always you're just a switch is turning it on or off at w- when it goes to the fixture. So the electricity is always flowing there, and so you're not reducing the amount of electricity. What I understand is that dimmer is reducing the amount of wattage going to the fixture. So um, and and dimmers are rated differently for the fixture. Uh, and you can't just put any dimmer switch, say, on a ceiling fan. Ceiling fans, a lot of those motors are designed to run at low, medium, and high speeds and not in between. And so if you have a dimmer switch, that the old round one that you turn, if you put oh, yeah. one of those on a, on a ceiling fan, you're gonna, the ceiling fan's probably going to be making noise, and the, and the dimmer switch is probably heating up because it's not designed... To work that way, that ceiling fan should have a dimmer switch that that has three positions on it: high, medium, and low. Unless the fan is designed for that variable speed. So to answer the question, um, it shouldn't be heating up the switch as as long as that switch is rated for 
the fixture. So if you have a, a single bulb fixture, there's a lot fewer watts going there. If you have a eight bulb fixture, there's a lot more watts. You need the proper uh, dimmer switch for that. So how do you, how do you know which one to buy that? They they're rated on the switch when you're buying it at the at the store. It, there, it should say on the packaging how many watts that that dimmer switch is rated for. All right, but We've the got best David the here. best answer is yeah. to call an electrician. <laughs> call Best Electric Services. Uh, we had them on the show a couple of weeks ago. Good company. They can they can definitely help you out with that. So Best Electric Services. Well, it is Radon Action Month, the month of January, and we're going to talk a little bit about that when we get back after the news. And also, if you've got questions for David, it's an open line this hour at uh, 855-616-1620. That's a WTMJ talk and text line. This is The Fix-It Show on 620 WTMJ. We're back with David Nason. I'm Libby Collins in for Dayton Kane. And right before the news, we mentioned that it's uh, the month of January is Radon Action Month. Tell us about that and why it's so important, David. Absolutely. So radon is the number or two cause of lung cancer only behind smoking. And so uh, I hear a lot of times people will say or have been told, oh, I have an old house, or I have an exposed basement, a walkout, or I have a new house, or even I have a house that's built on a slab. The, those are all myths. The fact that a house is in contact with the ground, whether it has a basement, crawl space, or on a slab, every building in contact with the ground has radon in it. It's just a matter of how much, and so it has to be tested. So it is a fairly... Um, common and, and in some places around here quite a quite higher than others and a lot of it has to do with the type of soils that we have Milwaukee County not so much we have a lot of clay soil in Milwaukee County areas and the close in areas but we get out into the the surrounding counties and Ozaki Washington Dodge Waukesha Racine we have a lot of quarries out there stone and sand quarries and so in the lake country, we have a lot of radon that just comes up naturally. So the best way to do something, and the, the EPA says this is an action month. So mm-hmm. what they want you to do is do something, even if it's just have a test done. And to do a test, either I can do a test, there's companies out there that do tests. You can buy kits at a hardware store, big box store. Those are quite accurate. And, and have a test done. And most people that know a little bit about radon uh, know that we need to have a level of 4.0. That's the action level. It's not a safe level. It's the action level. If it's above that, then, then you really should have a system installed. And if you want to know more than what I just told you, go to lowradon.org, L-O-W-R-A-D-O-N.org. That will take you to the Wisconsin's Department of Health and Safety's website about radon. And you can learn everything you want to know and more about radon and specifically in Wisconsin. We've got a lot of questions coming in on that talk and text line, David. Um, Here's another one about plumbing. And the last (laughs) plumber that came in, experienced, reputable, told me it's not necessary to drain the gas-powered ream water heater every year. What do you think about that? Well, I will tell you that I don't drain mine. the idea behind it was that if you drain it, it can drain any kind of sediment that might build up at the bottom of the water heater. 
that that can clog pipes or or shorten the life of the tank. Um, like I said, it's a recommended practice, but uh, I would say the vast majority of people don't do it. So it, that's just you know it's it's your own decision to do that, and I don't do mine. Okay. Well, here's another question: When my water hot water heater was new, my shower was. Uh, right in the middle to get my desired temperature. It seems every year I have to go slightly farther to the right to hot to have the temperature warmer. Is it because the water heater's getting old? It's possible that it's not working as efficient. That seems a little uh, curious to me that it keeps doing it more and more. I would, if you haven't done it, um, a gas water heater will have down near the bottom uh, a a um, a control that allows you to change the temperature of the water that's coming out of the water heater. And it'll have a hot setting, very hot setting, which is not recommended. I don't know why they even have that, but, um, but it also have a vacation mode or something. So it's possible that that, that setting got bumped or moved. So I would maybe go down and, and look at that and see where that's set at. And as I said, try, try not to have it, set higher than what the hot setting because you can get scalded pretty quick you said something about a vacation mode right what is that so if you're going to be going on vacation for an extended period of time you can turn it down to vacation mode and what that's doing is it's going to keep the water i think at about 60 degrees 50 or 60 degrees just so that when you come back home you can turn it back to the hot and it's not going to take you know, you're not turning cold water, very cold water, and you're trying to heat up an entire forty or fifty gallon tank. It'll it'll res- it'll warm up much quicker, but it'll also save you some money. Okay, let's go back to radon. Uh, somebody wants to know: Is a radon test required if you're selling your home? It is not required in the state of Wisconsin. It is uh, for a long for pre- prior to not. I was going to say COVID, but really prior to this market that we've just kind of we're coming out of a little bit with with the home sales where so many people were having to uh, forego having a home inspection because they of how competitive the market was uh, before home inspections started to get waived the first thing that got waived was radon tests so so many people were not having those done uh, but that's kind of coming back. I'm seeing more and more people asking for radon tests again. Uh, so it is a good idea. It's just not required in Wisconsin. All right. We've got that dense fog. It's pretty much dissipating now, but a little bit of drizzle still in, in selected spots around the area. It's going to be cloudy and mild today with a high of 40. Patchy fog possible overnight down to 36 degrees. And tomorrow looks mostly cloudy with a high of 38. Our temperature at WTMJ warming up just a little bit to 36 degrees at 840. This is the Fix-It Show on 620 WTMJ. And we've got David Nason here. I'm Libby Collinson for Dayton Kane. All right, um, more calls coming in, more questions coming in on that talk and text line. David, um, got another one here about uh, an AC unit mm-hmm. saying I have a properly sized AC unit and furnace but it seems not to be able to get the airflow up to the second floor as it does the first floor any ways to fix that 
So warm air rises, right? Um, cool air doesn't rise as well or easily as warm air. So you may need to uh, take a look at the dampers in your, your ductwork uh, to try it. I typically, well, not typically, but sometimes I'll close down the dampers a little bit on my first floor and make sure they're wide open for the second floor. So we get more cooling up to the second floor than the first floor. That's usually where you want it if that's where your bedrooms are. So I would take a look at the dampers in your, your cooling system. Okay. Uh, we had a call. She didn't want to hold on. And there, she's asking about where to find wallpaper. Um, and, I, you know, I guess in the way back days, they used to have <laughs> wallpaper stores and things like that, David. Yeah. But... Um, I mean, is the internet, would you just look online to see what's out there for wall wall covering, I think, more than wallpaper these days? Because I don't think they do the paste and things anymore. Aren't a lot of the wallpapers adhesive? Uh, no, actually, the, the, still, the, the original or the, the traditional wallpapers are still available. And you're right, I, I worked at a Shopco in high school, and yeah. uh, we had a wallpaper aisle. In our, and I worked in the home improvement department and we had to stock wallpaper and order it and stuff so uh, but yeah i haven't seen that in targets or anything like that anymore when i worked in the restoration industry though here in milwaukee we always got all of our wall finishes and things like that at a place on on north avenue called Steinkellner. and one you can probably look online but that might be one of those things where you might need to see it in person and touch it and feel it textures and things like that and Steinkellner decorating center is um, somewhere like 80th and North Avenue, and they talk about wall covering, different types of wall covering that they sell. So that's one I know of. Yeah, and I would think any design store would be sure. able to help you on that. And it's it's amazing in those places where you go to the back room and suddenly you see all these right. different options for wall covering. You just kind of have to ask around and look for it. Yeah, some of the older places that have been around. Maybe maybe even like a True Value or not a True Value or True Value or Elliott's Ace Hardware. Those bigger stores, they might even have something like that too. Yeah. Yeah, just ask. I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea. All right, back to radon. If you need to install a radon mitigation system over your sump crock, do cracks in your basement floor need to be sealed to prevent radon from escaping? They can. It depends on the cracks. And I actually I have heard that just sealing cracks in your floor or that that gap between the floor and the foundation wall with a good quality sealant can greatly reduce the amount of radon that you're getting in your basement. You would also have to have the, the, the cover on your crock sealed pretty well. But, but cracks in the floor can be a, a, a source of radon, definitely. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it, but now, is radon only if you have basements? No. No, again, I, I was saying before, if your house is in contact with the ground... So if you're, let's say we don't see too many houses in the area here that are built on a slab. That's more of a down south thing, and mm-hmm. um, but condos and other buildings. Uh, somebody asked before, is it required as part of a sale? The only thing that's required by law in the state of Wisconsin right now is that every uh, daycare center has to be tested. And if you think about it, a daycare center, a lot of them are in these little strip malls, right? Well, those are usually built on a on a concrete slab, 
And the reason is, is that all the plumbing is under the floor, underground, and the plumbing pipes come up through the concrete floor to service the toilets and bathrooms, uh, you know, the sinks and everything. Well, right along where those pipes come up, there's gaps in the floor and everything. That's where the radon's coming up through the floor or cracks. Even in your basement floor, cracks in a slab, that's where it can be coming up out of the ground. All right. Well, David, as so many people know, you are a home inspector, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk to you about that. It's all coming up on the Fix It Show. We're about to wrap up here in the next couple minutes. So if you've got a last-minute question you want to ask David, this is your opportunity to get through on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. And uh, let's see. Well, we're coming up to 849, and it is 36 degrees at WTMJ. Making sure your honey-do list doesn't turn into a honey-what-did-you-do list. It's the Fix-It Show on 620 WTMJ. Uh, We're into our final segment with you, David. And uh, I got to ask you this because I've always wondered how you got into home inspecting to begin with. And uh, you've got uh, classes coming up where other young men and women who might want to get into the field can learn how to be home inspectors. Absolutely. Uh, so we do have a class coming up in March. It'll be in Mad- in the Madison area. Um, it's, it's put on by the Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors, and we do a class uh, twice a year. You can go to the website Wahi Group. That's W-A-H-I-G-R-O-U-P. Uh, dot com and find out more information there uh, so we put on a week-long course and includes two days of going in person to houses and actually inspecting them with some uh, inspectors who have been doing this for a long time and you asked uh, initially how did I get into this and so I've been doing this for more than ten and a half years and as many people know it is in large part to my, what I can consider a good friend, Tom Faza, uh, who did this show for a very long time, uh, that I was able to partner with him directly. And he was my mentor, got me going. I spent a lot of time going to inspections with him and um, learning from him. Now, years ago, you didn't have to take a class. It's required now. Uh, law changed in 21. But I had spent about 25 years in different areas of construction and everything and so i was very fortunate i just i passed the test without taking a class but but it is important now to take the class to do that Uh, what kind of skill set is important to have if you're thinking of going into home inspection so having a background in construction or some trade related area is is good but i think what's mostly important is is an attention to detail you have to be very uh, you have to have the ability to really notice things. Be, you know, Tom told me when you walk into a house to you know turn your senses on. You're looking around at everything. You're listening for any noises, anything that might sound unusual, and you're you got your nose going too, or you're smelling something. So you you really have to have all those that ability to really kind of multitask. You're looking, of course, you're talking to the buyer also or a realtor there, but you're always really paying attention to the house and looking at and listening to what the house is telling you to be an inspector and then and then putting together a, a, a detailed report. Is the, the softwares we have are very helpful with doing that now, but 
to be a very detailed, organized person is is something that's important. David, I know here in the last couple years, uh, a lot of people were foregoing those home inspections because it was so competitive to buy a house. But now that things have calmed down a little bit, um, do you recommend whether you're buying a house or even if you're getting prepared to sell a house of having a home inspection? Well, of course, <laughs> that, that, that was a, maybe a little bit of a, a, a softball question for me. Of course, I, I believe you should uh, have an inspection done if you're buying a house. Uh, if it's not me, I would love to do an inspection for you, but I can't do it for everybody. But uh, have having it done by uh, a WAHI member, Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors member. We do a lot of training. Uh, the members in our organization are... We're, we're training all the time. We focus on the Wisconsin standards that we that we do for what's required in Wisconsin. Um, should you have one done before you're selling? That's a great idea. It gives you the opportunity to address things if you want on your own terms, uh, your own contractors, uh, no pressure. And, and you can use my report as kind of a, a fix-it or a to-do list of things and, and prioritize things that may maybe a larger issue uh, than some of the smaller just maintenance items that you can address when you get time or when the when the weather allows so so david let's tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in a home inspection definitely maybe the best place is my website bestinspectionsllc.com there is a contact page there uh, there's all kinds of information about me my bi- biography a little bit how i got working with tom uh, Tom allowed me to post all of his articles that he's written. There's some great ones on there. It talks about condensation on windows that we've talked a little bit about, keeping your basement dry. Um, there's a whole list of articles on there. But uh, So the website is the best place, or my phone number is 262-443-8958. And, David, of course, they can, be- they can find me here every Saturday as well, right? And you'll be back next week, right. David Nason. Thank you so much. I'm Libby Collins. I'll return after the news with Rose Gray on the Thanks, Fox Libby. World Travel Show. And the Fix It Show is sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. This has been.